following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church in Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. This week we're talking about Wreck-It Ralph, and uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, I had a, we had a, a, a first-time guest come up to the first, uh, first sermon or first Sunday of this series, and we were talking about zombies, and uh, he was a Christian, and he's been a Christian for a long time, and so he said to me, he said, well, that wasn't church. <laughs> I have never been to anything like that before, and that was not what I'm used to, and so yeah, this might be a little bit um, odd to you if you're a, a Christian and you're used to a certain format of how church is. But um, I think if you uh, get to know us a little bit, you'll see that we are, in fact, uh, uh, true Bible-believing Christians and following uh, Christ according to the Word of God as best that we can. The movie we're talking about today is called Wreck-It Ralph. And I'm always skeptical, skeptical about um, kids' movies because... Um, you know, sometimes kid movies are uh, just, uh, for me, you know, having to go to the theater with my kids, it's just a $10 nap, you know? I mean, you know those kid movies where, you know, as an adult, they're just, it's for kids, you know? And so you just kind of endure it. And every time one of our boys mentions that they want to go to a certain kid movie, Joy and I kind of argue over who has to go and but this movie is a great movie for kids and adults. And it has a lot of things in it that would you as an adult would find interesting, especially if you're over 40 years old. Then you will recognize the video games of your youth. And, and not just that, it's a, a movie that has a tremendous message and story, a powerful message, a message uh, about our culture and the beliefs of our culture. And so it's exploring the philosophical question that has been around forever and ever and ever since the beginning of time, this question of can people change? Can people fundamentally change the way they are? And so let's take a look at this first clip. This sort of sets up the whole premise of the movie. Good guy. Nice share, Ralph. As fellow bad guys, we've all felt what you're feeling, and we've come to terms with it. Really? Right here. I'm Zangief. I'm bad guy. Hi, Zangief. Hi, Zangief. I relate to you, Ralph. When I hit bottom, I was crushing men's skull like sparrow egg between my thighs. <laughs> and I think, why do you have to be so bad, Zangief? Why can't you be more like good guy? Then I have moment of clarity. If Zangief is good guy, we'll crush man's skull like sparrow's egg between thighs. And I say, Zangief, you are bad guy. But this does not mean you're bad guy. Right. I'm sorry. I just, I, you lost me there. Zombie, bad guy. Hi, zombie. Zangief saying, labels not make you happy. Good. Bad. You must love you. Yeah. Inside here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. I get you. I get you. Watch out. stripping. Question, Ralph. We've been asking you to bat it on for years now, and tonight you, you finally show up. 
Why is that? I don't know. I just felt like coming. I mean, I suppose it has something to do with the fact that, uh, well, today is the 30th anniversary of my game. Happy anniversary, Ralph. Thanks, Satan. Uh, it's subteen, actually. Got it. But here's the thing. I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. You can't mess with the program, Ralph. You're not going turbo, are you? Turbo? No, I'm not going turbo. Come on, guys. Is it turbo to want a friend? Or a medal? Or a piece of pie every once in a while? Is it turbo to want more out of life? Yes. Ralph, Ralph, we get it. But we can't change who we are. And the sooner you accept that... The better off your game and your life will be. Hey, one game at a time, Ralph. Now let's close out with the bad guy affirmation. I am bad, and that's good. I will never be good, and that's not bad. There's no one I'd rather be than me. Okay, gang, see you next week. Listen, I can't do snacks next Hang in there, Ralph. Zombie, don't forget your hatchet. There you go. That's great. Um, the guy from Pac-Man, I think his name is Clyde. He said this, people don't change the way they are. And the sooner you accept that, your game and your life will be better off. There was an interesting study that was done at the University of, of Harvard, Harvard University, uh, by Dr. Daniel Gilbert. And he started with this same concept, this same idea, this premise, that people don't change. Now, we all know that you change with life. I mean, there are things that change on the outside. You get a little heavier, you turn a little gray. Those kinds of things change. We know that. But fundamentally, inside the person you are, most people believe that stays the same. So they started with that premise and they found out that it's a myth that people do change and you change all the time. And in fact, quite dramatically, when you measure the change by decades. So for every 10 years, you are becoming a new person, a completely different person. In fact, you're changing in every way down to the core of who you are that changes. Science tells us that everything is changing all the time, all around us, continually. In fact, 5,000 years ago, everything that existed at that time no longer exists today because it changed, it evolves. Everything's always changing all the time, even us as people. And so the question then is, can I control the changes that are happening within me and around me? Can I make it happen? Some people have incredible willpower, and we've seen people make incredible changes. And in fact, uh, Tony Robbins has become a multimillionaire on that very uh, belief that you can make incredible changes to your life and radically change, become a new person, a different person. But nobody really cares about this whole topic of change. I mean, who cares? What's the big deal? So change happens fine. Nobody cares about it until there is a change that needs to be made in your life and you can't do it. 
That's when it really is a problem. That's when it matters. When you, there's something about you, something in you, something in your life that you really don't like, you don't want, just like Ralph. He didn't want to be the bad guy anymore. He wanted to be a good guy. He wanted that medal so bad, that medal that would say he's a good guy. And he wanted to change that, but he couldn't. And when we run into things that we want to change and we can't, then it becomes important to us. Then it becomes something that we're interested in, we're looking into, we want to know. That's when it matters most. Now, we're not talking about uh, the excuses, you know, that we make all the time. We're talking about legitimate change, real stuff. I mean, uh, you know, whether or not you keep the, the, the toilet seat up or down, you know, you can say, well, I'm just a guy, and that's, that's the way I am. I've heard one person say to me one time, well, well, I'm Italian, and that's how Italians are. Or, you know, different excuses that we make for the different behaviors that we have. I'm not talking about those things. I'm not talking about the excuses about those little things that we want to change. I'm talking about the stuff, the legitimate stuff that we want to change, we need to change, and we can't. This, the Bible talks a lot about this subject and a lot about change. But I'll get to that in a moment. Let's get to the next clip. And in this clip, Ralph goes to a tavern, and it's actually in the game called Tapper. You might remember it. I've never been more serious about anything in my life. That's why I came straight here, Tapper. You've never given me a bum steer. Now, come on. Where can a guy like me go and win a medal? I don't think such a game exists, Ralph. Oh, come on. You know people. There's got to hey, be. Tapper, need a root beer. Coming. Hold that thought. Oh. Okay, as you were saying. I was saying... I can't spend another 30 years living alone in the garbage. I'm not going back without a medal. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe somebody left the medal here. You're welcome to dig through the lost and found. Okay. We got here. Oh, shoot, shoot. Come on, get out. Mushroom? No. What is that? No. Oh, come on, Zangief. Gross. Oh. What am I doing? Oh. Hey, excuse you! Our mission destroy all side are humanity slash hope. Our mission destroy all Okay, there, Space Cadet. We've only been plugged in a week! And every day it's climb the building and fight bugs! Climb the building, fight more bugs! Yeah, 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 right. Look, easy on the overalls, Spaceman. It's tough all over, alright? And all for what? A lousy metal? Medal? You win a medal? Yeah! Medal of Heroes! Ooh! Is it shiny? Uh, it's pretty shiny. Ooh! And it says hero on it? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And you, and you said you win it by climbing a building? And fighting bugs! Right, bugs. Listen, is there any chance I could go with you to your game and, you know, maybe get one of those medals? Negatory! They... What, does that mean maybe? No! Look, only the bravest and the best serve in our core. Bug! Ah! <laughs> So you can guess what he does next. 
You'll have to see the movie if you haven't. You don't know. Uh, Ralph says this to Tapper. He says, I can't spend another 30 years without a medal. In other words, I cannot foresee a better future in my life until I have this medal. I need something to give me a better future. Now, there's a powerful fear that comes into our hearts that prevents this kind of change, seeking out a better future. It's a fear that my life will not be the way it should be if this doesn't happen for me. It's the young woman who knows that she needs to leave her boyfriend, but she's afraid. She can't imagine happiness without being with him. It's the guy who has a dead-end job, and he knows it's going nowhere, and it's not going to meet his needs, but he's afraid to change. He doesn't think that he can start a new career. It's the woman who has chronic pain, who can't see a future without that pain. It's the family stuck in poverty and can't conceive of a future where all of their needs are met. It's the single woman who thinks that she needs to move in with her boyfriend because she's afraid she can't pay her bills. All of these things are, I'm unable, I'm stuck, I can't change because I'm afraid of that future out there of what it might be, of what it might mean if I am not able to endure it. The inability to see a better future. For Ralph, he believes that he'll be happy, just he'll find happiness if only he could get that medal. Wants that medal, and then he'll be happy. I wonder if you've ever said that to yourself. Have you ever said, I'll, I'll just be happy when blank. Or my life will be exactly the way I want it to be when blank happens. Nobody ever admits to selling out. You notice that? That's not something that we talk about. Nobody walks up to the water cooler and says, yeah, I sold out. But it's something that we do. It's, we compromise and we give in, but we don't admit it to ourselves. It's not, I mean, maybe it's uncomfortable to do so. There's a great story in Genesis chapter 16 in the first book of the Bible about a guy named Abraham who received a promise from God that God was going to do something great in his future. It hadn't happened yet. But time went on and time went on and time went on and it really stressed and put pressure on his faith and he came to a place where he couldn't trust God anymore and so then he, he compromised, he, sell, he sold out. It's a great story. I encourage you to look at it. The Bible has a ton to say about this type of change that can happen and needs to happen and about trusting God with your future. But I'll get back to that in a moment, all right? So hold on. Here's the last clip. And this is about Ralph running into a girl named Penelope at Sugar Rush. All fixed. You ready for this? As ready as I'll ever be. Magic sparkles! 
All hail the rightful ruler of Sugaraj, Princess Vanellope. <gasps> I remember she's our princess. Oh, that's right. We are so sorry about the way we treated you. Yeah, yeah those were jokes. No, I was just doing what Taffeta told me to do. <laughs> tut, tut. As your merciful princess, I hereby decree that everyone who was ever mean to me shall be executed. What? No, 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 please, please. Oh, my man. Oh, this place just got interesting. Oh, I don't want to die. I'm just kidding. You are? Stop crying, Taffeta. I'm trying, but I won't stop. Wow. So this is the real you. Princess. Ralph, what are you nuts? Come on, this isn't me. This is me. Look, the code may say I'm a princess, but I know who I really am, Ralph. I'm a racer with the greatest superpower ever. I was here. I was there. I was glitching through the wall. I'm not giving that up. Um, pardon me for asking, but without a princess, who's going to lead us? Yeah, who? Uh, me. I'm thinking more along the lines of a constitutional democracy. President Vanellope von Schweetz. Has a nice ring to it, don't you think? Fix it. Wreck it. The arcade's about to open. Let's move them out. You know, you could just stay here and live in the castle. You'd have your own wing where no one would ever complain about your stench or treat you bad ever again. You could be happy. I'm already happy. Got the coolest friend in the world. And besides, I've got a job to do, too. It may not be as fancy as being president, but it's my duty. And it's a big duty. <laughs> Ralph, you coming, brother? See you later, President Fartfeathers. Au revoir, Admiral Underpants. And farewell, Baroness Boogerface. Goodbye, Major Body Odor. Hasta la vista, Ralph. All right, to be continued. Yeah! Wouldn't you love to be the person that creates movies like that? I mean, you're sitting there one morning at work, and you're eating a maple bar. And you're thinking, yeah, let's have a talking maple bar policeman in the movie. <laughs> I don't know if they're smoking weed or what, but uh, where else do you see a talking maple bar? This is, uh, this is near the end of the film where um, we see that the, the writers of the movie are the, telling the story and saying, telling us what Ralph's problem was all along. His problem was that he didn't know who he was. That if he knew who he was, then he would be content being that, and he would be happy. Just like Penelope, who knew who she was, even though the code says she was a princess, she knew who she really was. And so the whole point of it is being secure and knowing who you are. Now, the Bible has a ton to say about this same topic as well, about knowing who you are in this world and in this life. It addresses, again, that same philosophical question. And on our church, 
Every, every week, we, as I said earlier, we're talking to Christians and non-Christians. And that's because we're slowly becoming a church for the unchurched. And what that means is a church where Christians and non-Christian alike feel comfortable going to church. A, a place where you want to go, where you want to be. A Christian and non-Christian. And by the way, we're still trying to find a, a good way to say that yet. We haven't quite figured that out yet, but once I figure it out, I'll, I'll let you know. But every week we're talking to two groups. And so let me just uh, talk to the Christians for a moment. If you're a Christian here and you've been following Christ, then you know all about change. In fact, you've experienced the most incredible change there is. That's the transformation of the soul at conversion, at at salvation, when you first made that decision to follow Jesus as your Savior, you felt it. You felt that power surge through you. You felt the transformation take place. A lot of people describe it in different ways, but a feeling of all that burden lifting off of you or feeling this incredible warmth or love or a light, all different types of things that people talk about, this transformation that takes place. The Apostle Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm quoting, he says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Let me ask you, do you really need another sermon on knowing or learning how to trust God? Do you really need another Bible study on the goodness of God and trusting God? Or, you know, how many have you heard? Hundreds? Maybe thousands? Isn't it time now that you just start living it out? Isn't it time that you just start trusting God? And if you're having a hard time with that, maybe what you should do is get involved. Get involved in in a ministry. Get involved in serving somewhere. Get involved in a community group. As you know, change happens like this as a follower of Christ. You know, you have those, those big moments where there's a lot of change, and then it goes very, very, very slow for a long period of time. And then some more big change, and then slow again. You know, and so you walk out your salvation and your faith every day of your life But you don't need another sermon on trusting God. You don't need to be convinced. You have all the evidence all around you of God's goodness. All the stories you've heard from the Bible, story after story after story and sermon after sermon, it's time now to live it. We're not going to spoon feed you every little morsel of faith every Sunday so you can live your life off of what you get on Sunday. If you do, you're starving to death spiritually. You need to learn how to feed yourself. Now, if you're new to the faith, you're a follower of Christ, but you haven't quite learned all of that yet, then let me tell you a few things. In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul talks about how there is literally nothing on this earth that will separate you from the love of Christ. When you are in Christ, that His love for you cannot be separated from you. There's nothing, nothing has the power that is greater than that power of Christ's love. There's no power greater that can separate you from His love. Nothing on earth, nothing under the earth, nothing above the earth, nothing. 
will separate you from God's love. You are firmly held in His grasp. You want to know what that love looks like? Take, it first, take a look at 1 Corinthians 13. He describes His love for us in great detail there in that whole chapter. You have to surrender your will to the Lordship of Christ. It's a process of walking day to day and learning to trust God in all these decisions of your life, these little ones, the big ones, but it's a daily walk. You work out your faith tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. It's not just a one-hour service on Sunday morning. And if you don't begin to surrender your fear about your future, the fear that you have that, are, are you going to be taken care of? Is everything going to work out? Are you going to have what you need? Are you going to accomplish what you need to? If you don't surrender that fear, if you don't learn to trust in His love and in His goodness that He's going to be there for you, that He's going to take care of you, that He's going to work, work things out, all things for good, then you're going to end up living a life of hell on earth when you were never meant to live that way was not the way that God wanted you to live. You'll be in danger of living that way if you let this fear cripple you. Now, for the non-Christian, you don't know about that transformation. You haven't experienced that, that incredible joy of salvation. It just hasn't happened yet. It's, a, it's mysterious to you. It's unknown. It's, it's unheard of. You don't understand it. And so let me ask you this. Let me ask you a few questions. You've tried everything else. Why don't you try faith? You've tried everything else. Why don't you try a relationship with God? You see, it's a relationship. It's not a religious thing. It's not a matter of religion or, or saying certain things or doing things. It's a relationship. You can actually know Jesus as a person. If you think about it, you know, you know, God has been reaching out to you your whole life. If you'll be honest and you'll think about it. That time years ago when you were almost killed. And you look back and you, you, can't, you can't answer how you survived it. You don't know. And if you're careful, if you open up your heart and look, you'll see how God has been chasing you with his kindness and his mercy your whole life. You've got things you want to change. There's things in your life that you want to see different. And you've tried, you've tried your own willpower. How about trying faith? Trusting in a relationship with Jesus. Thank you. 